and welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. I am Wendy Batts here with my friend and co-host, Mr. Marty Miller. Marty, how are you today? Excellent, Wendy. Looking forward to today's topic and working with you as always. Yes, and today's topic, we're going to talk about fitness fun facts. So how good is that, Marty? <laughs> it sounds like fun to me, so I'm going to go with it. Yes, it does not get much better than that. But I think some of the, the topics we're going to discuss, some of you guys might know, and some of it might be kind of like a, a head scratcher, like for real. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, diving into to some of the fun facts we're going to discuss. Without a doubt. And, you know, some of these, Wendy, you know, I've talked about these before in our career is like, where did that come up from? What's that rumor? Why did this come up? So, you know, it's good to, you know, dig through what's going on on the internet once in a while, pick up uh, some trends and just discuss them. Yes, indeed. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about topics that may or may not be obvious. And of course, we're going to show how the NASM OPT model needs to be your focus. Uh, shocker, Marty. <laughs> and then um, we're going to uncover some of the, I never knew that. I like those moments though. I do too. That's pretty much daily for me. <laughs> I feel the older I, I get, I meant, the, the I less I, I remember or I even knew. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was thinking when I get to show somebody something they never knew and they're passionate about it, but I see what you're saying. So let's start here with fun fact one. Now, this is maybe not fun necessarily if you're a business owner. Half of new gym members quit in their first six months. So the reasons people quit the gym vary, but the main reported reason is they're just too, it's just too expensive. Others cancel their membership because they realize they're not using it, feel out of place with other members or lose their exercise motivation. So when he like, let's create some strategies here, how we can get that not to be that number anymore. Well, and I hear that. And I think the number one question, when I hear the, Oh, it's too expensive. The one thing that I ask is how much is your health worth? Because you know what? I would rather go into a gym, even on days that I feel like I'm exhausted. It's the last place I want to be. But I know that once I kind of get moving and get motivated and maybe see someone that I know or even just be able to put my headphones on, my hat down and just do my thing, it puts me in a totally different mindset. So, you know, some people are like, well, you know what? I can work out at home. I mean, I know I have a gym in my house where I go in the basement and lock myself down there and I get some stuff done when I can't leave the house. And if you have that option and you decide that, you know what, it doesn't make sense to have both. That's one thing. However, I know sometimes with me going into the gym, it's a change of scenery. It helps motivate me even more. And, you know, it's, it's really worth every penny that I'm putting into it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that, but I'm going to take two points, uh, you know, since you covered that part is I don't think people worry about expense when they see the value in it, Right. We all buy things that somebody else may think is expensive, but to us, it's a rational decision because we value it. So if I'm a business owner and I see people leaving at high numbers, I got a question, why am I not able to show the value of what we offer here? So that's going to be a gut check for me, or if, even if as a personal trainer, if I'm losing too many of my clients because the expense, I'm not showing them the value. Now we could do a whole nother, maybe we will, Wendy, you know how I come up with ideas, a whole nother master roundtable on that. But let's just leave that there. It's not the expense. It's the lack of value for the majority of people. People lose jobs. I get all that. But even then, they'll, they still may leave something else away from their expenses to, to keep the gym membership. But then, you know, I put this in here, noticing this last sentence, lose their exercise motivation. 
well, that's what I study for my doctorate. So are you lining up with the way people think and are motivated? We've done a master instructor roundtable on that as well. So those are two key things is it's not expensive if you see the value. And if you know how to motivate people, then you're hopefully going to give them a reason that they want to be there. And I think, too, it's important to write down or ask, you know, your your clients or people that are thinking, you know, talking about the gym being expensive. What is it in a gym that you need in order to get the value? Like you said, knowing the value of the gym, because there are so many gyms out there where it's more than just a gym. It is a gym. It's a spa. It's, you know, the aquatic center. It's it's childcare. There are so many different things that you may or may not be paying for. I know. Um, at the gym that I belong to, I mean, you can pay a monthly fee for childcare. So when you go, you can drop off your kid if, if that's, you know, something that you need, or you pay an extra fee and they provide their towels and services for you, or they do your laundry, you know, so, so there's a lot of interesting factors that go into sometimes when you're looking at the monthly cost, and then you need to decide what type of gym do you want to belong to? Because there's some that are very, you know, open and spacious and have these things. And then there's other ones that are just the, the hard metal gym is what I call it. You know, they just have the racks and they have the dumbbells and it's just basically like a, a place to go to truly just do certain types of workouts. So I think that's also something you need to decide when you're thinking and factoring in, is it too expensive? And what are you trying to get out of that particular gym? Sounds good. I love it. So maybe go on to fun fact number two. So here's another great one. People who don't exercise regularly can lose 80% of their strength by 65. That's not good. So (laughs) muscle loss due to aging is known as sarcopenia. And it naturally starts happening once you pass age 30. So Wendy, next year, be on the lookout that this may start happening to you. It's happened to me for a while. So I'm fighting it because I know you're going to say that anyway. So without exercise, you'll lose about three to 5% of your muscle mass per decade. So this is where you need to do all kinds of different things, but you cannot leave strength training off the table. You know, a lot of people think, well, I do yoga, I do Pilates, I do cardio. Great, 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 and great. However, you cannot do that without doing uh, resistance training. That's why, again, the NASM model is your friend because you can periodize it. But this is a serious issue. And then that leads to a lot of other metabolic issues because muscle is the healthiest tissue that helps burn the blood sugar and all these type of things. Like, so it's critical that we don't lose focus on strength training, proper strength training, progressive strength training as we age. And I think too, again, my little side note, I know as a female, I often hear, well, I can tell every five years, my body is changing, or I was able to eat, you know, all of these things and I could work out for one week and I would lose my body fat and I could fit into my skinny jeans and it didn't take me this long. And now I'm really watching what I'm eating. I'm eating salads and no matter how hard I try, it's taking me a lot longer in order to hit my goals. And I think we really need to factor in these, these types of statistics. And that's one of the reasons why we're bringing it to the forefront today on fun facts here on the master instructor Roundtable with Wendy Batson, and Marty Miller that guys, when we, when we start to start losing some of these, um, you know, some of the muscle, it really is harder as you get older to gain it back. So consistency is going to be key, especially if you start doing it while you're younger, don't stop doing what you're doing, because I'm telling you, I've seen it. It's, it's a story with my dad. You guys have heard me talk about him. He used to play golf every single day. That was his, his community, his life, the things he enjoyed. 
he stopped doing it to help, you know, his wife with, with care. And unfortunately now he's, his sense of balance is off. He can't play golf anymore. And it's really hard to see that change in less than three months. Yeah, no, it's critical. We, uh, you know, falls, all these other type of things that are prevented, you know, if you have more muscle mass and things, but just make sure it is a part of your program and build it up as, you know, start today. You're, this is as young as you'll ever be. So start building that muscle today and then try to, you know, keep it uh, throughout your lifespan for sure. That's a scary thought, Marty. But this is one that I think is a fun fact. And I know, Marty, you and I are completely different when it comes to this one, that music really does help you work out better. And you know what? If you look at this picture right here, this is me when I'm on the, you know, any kind of cardio machine because I need that type of music to keep me going. And so if you're listening to music, it is going to distract your mind from your workout, you know, but it improves both your mood, your stamina. And for me, it's going to help me go faster. So if I am doing cardio, I think having more high pace, you know, like different types of music that's going to pump me up, that's what I need. Now, when I'm doing my workout, especially if it's a phase one or phase two and I need a slower tempo, I may not be blasting the same type of music or songs that I'm listening to and I'm doing my cardio. But I know for me, it really does make a huge impact and in a better way when I have music on. And I know you said you don't listen to music. Well, no, no, no. I, it's not that I dislike it. So let me talk about the value of it and tell you what choice I make. There's a difference. So there are apps out there for like aerobics instructors and other that, but you know, you know, I deal with a lot of runners with what I do for techno gym that you can find music that will help you set your cadence, which are exactly what you're talking about. 165 beats per minute, 170 beats per minute. That's the, what you want for your running cadence. So there is a huge value in that. And I absolutely do believe in the motivation of it. But because um, I am motivated to exercise anyways, and because of the time crunch and then putting in the cognitive, I will sometimes, not always, listen to a podcast, audibles. And that way I know if I'm starting to lose focus from my attention, if I'm like, wait, what did they say for the last two minutes? Where with music, you could let your mind get distracted somewhat. So it just depends what I'm trying to do. If I want to squeeze in the cognitive and or my time is tight and I can't get to these pieces of information, sometimes I'll switch over. But there's nothing like, come on, I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s with Metallica, ACDC. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, I get it. Our young listeners are like, who? What? Huh? <laughs> They'll figure it out. Watch. Go check it out. It'll be the best workout you ever had. Check it out. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Fun fact number four. There are twice as many gyms in the United States as there are McDonald's restaurants, which is kind of scary to think. So if it seems like there's a gym on every corner in your town, you're probably you're probably right. And where there are over 3000 gyms in, in 2012, there was about 14000 McDonald's, which is crazy. And, and I have to say that I have noticed and, and this is the next um, step here that that gap is widening that the growth mm -hmm. of fast food restaurants has slowed down since 05, which is good, but the number of gyms has increased by 10%, which is good if you're not a gym owner, because <laughs> you have a lot of options. If you are a gym owner, you need to be very strategic in where you are planning to open your gym and make sure that you have a specific niche that's going to help you build your business, especially when there's so many competitors or competitors out there that are pretty much on every corner. Yeah, what I find fascinating is, you know, area by area, because I travel the country and I travel throughout Europe. I see Whole Foods, I see Sprouts, I see Fresh Markets, I see all that. 
but I still see that our numbers for obesity and diabetes and all that has gone up. So it's like, I see the effort, right? But I, we, we haven't seen the results yet. So maybe we're slowing the curve and hopefully we'll change it. But, you know, maybe 20% of the population truly exercises consistently. A lot of times the number will be a little bit higher than that, but it's mostly self-reported. Like if you got a survey said, are you active enough? There's going to be some fudging the numbers there a little bit. So I'm probably going to say maybe only 15% of the population is truly dedicated to, you know, systematic fitness over a long haul. But if you're a gym owner, if you're a in the industry like we are, there's 85% of the people that are still not using our services. So, you know, in the business world, if you talk about the big blue ocean, there's a lot of customers out there. It just, can you find them? As Wendy said, can you get in the right location? What I talk about, can you motivate them? Can you show the value? So there's a lot of people that need our help for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, when we keep seeing these numbers about fast food and Marty, you and I have talked about this, the scary thing that we're noticing is when you do go to the whole foods, you know, it used to be called whole, you know, as a joke, whole paycheck, because it, the food was so expensive when you wanted more natural, you know, um, grains and you wanted, you know, more organic type foods and fruits and vegetables and everything to choose from. We're seeing that become more and more common now and even everyday grocery stores. So not just the, the whole foods and, and um, fresh markets and those types of, of um of stores. However, you know, when you go to McDonald's and you're like, okay, you can get this on the dollar menu and you're crunched and you don't have a lot of excess funds. Unfortunately, the unhealthy food is what's cheaper. And so therefore, you know, if you're trying to really watch your budget that, or you need to feed a big family because there's a lot of you and you're watching that, I think that's when the McDonald's and everything were really on the rise. Plus you had Ronald McDonald and you had, what is it? The big, the big, Purple hamburger. guy, what was his hamburger and all these fun things that kids are like, oh, this is great. And then you get the happy meal with the toys. I mean, so they did really well on their marketing. What is important, as you just said, Marty, it's important as a gym owner that you do even better marketing than that and that you're not discounting your services and that you're charging what you're worth, but you're able to put your best foot forward. So therefore your doors are what stay open and you're helping those people make better choices, especially if they did have lunch at McDonald's and then they come in to see you. <laughs> you know what? Maybe just hand out your business card right after they walk out of McDonald's. I just, hey, maybe there's a strategy for you guys. That's it. All right, here we go. Number five, only one third of adults reach the minimum recommended guidelines for weekly physical activity. Again, I think that's probably rounding up, but even worse, fewer than 5% of adults in the U.S. engage in at least 30 minutes of physical activity a day, and about one in four aren't active at all. All told, more than 80% of adults, which is a lot, fall short of the recommended guidelines for aerobic and strength building activities. You know, and there was a cartoon I could have put in here, like you see a guy at the doctor saying, I don't have time to work out. He's like, well, yeah, how much time do you have to be dead? It's like, I'm like, okay, I get your point. You know, so to me, it's a priority. And just like everything, Wendy, we've always said about studying in this, I time block my workouts within a range, right? I knew I was traveling in last night. I, I got up. I did, like, I don't let the day dictate to me. I do my best to dictate to the day. Now, my job's a little kooky with the travel and things like that. But if I can find time, right, you know, it's just like I saw something on in, um, social media. I'm not worried about motivation, right? Everyone motivated or motivation comes and wanes. It's discipline. I have exercised probably 60% of the time when I'm not motivated to. 
It's just, it's the priority for me. Momentum will get me through the workout, right? Maybe I downregulate, maybe I do this, maybe I do that, but it's just, it is, it's in the essence of who I am and I'm not going to make excuses for myself. Now I'm sympathetic to the people who've gotten themselves into that situation. I don't expect them to switch immediately, but I will help them find strategies to add just a little bit more, a little bit more, make it, you know, follow the model so it's not painful and then get them to understand that they are in control of this, especially if they follow a systematic process, a race with no finish line, let's not kill you. And then make it a priority and put it in your schedule. And then you don't let that time, that's your time. You are selfish with that time. And then from there, I see a huge swing in somebody if we can get those things kind of mapped out. And I think too, it's important for us to realize that unfortunately, the people that are not fitness fanatics or people that are, you know, really into, you know, the weekend warriors and they really enjoy doing physical activity, they sometimes underestimate or overestimate how much they are or are not doing. And they're like, you know what, well, I have to, you know, walk with my kid and I walk my kid to school every day. And, you know, you're like, yeah, but that's literally just right around the corner. So I think sometimes, you know, when somebody is looking at steps or, you know, they think that they're doing more than they are, that's when it's time to really talk about maybe even getting into some technology um, apps or, or different types of tools that are out there. I know me personally, and Marty, I know you did as well because our friends from Aura, um, Aura Ring had sent us a, a new ring to try out so we could start to look at our own da data. And I know since the day that I got my ring, I used to be, you know, used to wear a whoop. Um, I stopped doing that because I felt like my numbers were very consistent. I knew exactly where I stood. Well, then I put this on and I'm like, holy crap. And within six months time frame, I have totally different numbers. And I wasn't as active as I thought I had been. And it really took me looking at how was I sleeping? How was my recovery and everything to kind of wake myself back up? Because we kind of get in this daily routine where we're, of course, I'm active. I have a seven-year-old. I'm trying to keep up with them. I'm taking him to baseball. I'm, I'm the baseball mom. I'm also working, but I'm also going to do this. And I see clients. So I'm working, working out by lifting weights lifting weights for them to hand them to him. I'm not lifting weights myself. And so I think it was a good kind of just reset for myself. And I can see how, unfortunately, these numbers are true. But we have to also remember that it's maybe not motivation, maybe not that they don't want to. It may be thinking that they are doing enough, even though they're not falling within the, the guidelines. Right. Nope. Great point. All right. Here we go. We'll, we'll move on to six. So switching up your workout will help you lose more weight. Shocker, hence the model. I don't, don't think we have to talk too much about this one. When you do the same workout day after day, your body will adjust. You'll hit that weight loss plateau. So doing a mix of exercise with different intensities is a better way to train. Also reduce the likelihood of injury uh, from repeated stress, hence the model. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Remember, guys, every four to six weeks, your body's going to adapt to whatever demand you place on it. So when Marty and I talk about, you know, going and reassessing, making sure that somebody is moving correctly in the way you want, then you'll move them up the model. But even after someone completes phase five, we've talked about this um, and, you know, time and time again, that's when we're going to go in to do periodization. We may do, you know, one phase on Monday, a different phase on Wednesday, a different phase on Friday. We're always switching it up. But remember, the same holds true when it comes to doing cardio. If someone's always riding the bike or they're always running, throw in a swim day or throw in, you know, something uh, on the elliptical, throw in the rower, throw in something different. 
um, to challenge the body a different way. And you're going to start to see your, your body being challenged more, which will get you out of that plateau and spice up what they're doing daily. Love it. That one's an easy one. So here we go. Number seven, when you break a sweat, your blood pressure lowers for 16 hours afterwards. Who knew exercise is the best medicine? So it is an important part of reducing high blood pressure. While it takes some time, of course, for regular exercise to have that impact that we're looking for, the temporary effects of even a single workout can last for as much as 16 hours. Yeah. Remember EPOC, the afterburn, right? You know, right. sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, I was sweating, you know, I was sweating two hours after I saw you and I'm at, you know, in the middle of a meeting. I love that one. I'm in the middle of the meeting and I've got beads of sweat and people ask me if I'm nervous and they just say, no, I just got done working out with Wendy. So that just always brings a smile to my face. Well, so. That would make me nervous, but. <laughs> hey, you, you never know. <laughs> so Wendy, um, why don't you kind of go, I would like to hear which one of those seven before we wrap up kind of jumped out at you when you reviewed them. You know, I think it was really just the growth of McDonald's in comparison, probably to the gyms. I mean, I know personally where I live, when you get out of my neighborhood, we literally have a yoga place, a Pilates place. We have a gym, like two, I would say two streets over. We have a, a you know, a boot camp on a different corner if you go out a different side of my neighborhood. And so I'm surrounded by a lot of different ways for me to get motivated, depending on what I feel is best for myself. Um, so that wasn't something that shocked me. And I know those statistics were really from 2012. So I think that maybe even more increase in gyms than I am seeing, you know, fast food joints go up. Mm -hmm. um, however, I just it is scary because, as you just said, when we talked about it um, in the very beginning, our obesity rates are continuing to go up as well. And right. so it's like, what is the disconnect and how can we make those changes? Because I know that things are out there. It's just, we're not doing a good job getting people put into the right places where they want to actually, you know, continue to better their health. How about you? Um, similar on that one, but not totally surprised. I think the last one is, you know, just how beneficial uh, exercise is even in a, in a, in a small dose immediately you could talk about how someone could sleep better that day. You could talk about their mood changes immediately. Now we're looking at their blood pressure goes down for up to 16 hours. I mean, it, we've talked about this. I've never heard a research article come out and say, guess what? Stop exercising, right? We understand that there's different intensities and different durations and that that's what we do. But that broadest brush that you can paint with, you got to move the human body and good things tend to happen. So, you know, I love anything I can, see where there's even some other little nuggets that come out about how immediate exercise can help. Well, and that's when you get the little taglines, movement is medicine or movement matters. I mean, we could go on for days, but it really does. <laughs> I mean, that's why we, I think as, you know, being in the fitness industry, we can make such a huge impact with our clients, with ourselves, with our families. I know, you know, our little guy is, is, is always watching Tony and I, you know, do things around. And now he wants to get involved uh, trying right. to watch him do push-ups was brutal the other day. So we were trying to cue him and doing them the right way. But the, the one thing is, is, you know what, you are a big advocate for those around you. And so if you live a positive, healthy lifestyle, it is going to be something right. that I think is going to rub off on other people. Um, and you know what, that's where the community comes into play as well. 
And then with that, the key takeaways, follow the model, right? That's It's that simple. It's got all the answers. So Wendy, why don't you give these amazing people your contact information? I'll do the same. Yes. Um, if you guys want to email me, you can always find me at wendy.bats at nasm.org, or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. And mine's coming up from Eric, our wonderful producer, dr.martymiller72. And then email marty.miller at nasm.org. So once again, Wendy, always great hearing your perspective on things. I know we chat, but then when we go live, you just never know which way this is going to go. So always some amazing, amazing viewpoints. So for all of you that joined us, thank you. Keep the suggestions coming. And we definitely look forward to seeing you next week on the Master Instructor Roundtable.